When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's another episode of Sports Yet Podcast. Who types this stuff? Just run it, hit play, hear it, get it done with. I'm Jim Shorts. I'm an icon. The class of 2019 Indiana Sports Writer and Sportscasters Hall of Famer Chuck Freebie. And the other butt monkey. Who cares? Hit the subscribe button. I'd hate to miss a second of this junk. Sports Yet, the podcast. Now that's good. Now turn it off. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast who once negotiated a podcast edit while completely wasted on Andy's frozen custard, it's Sifpa. Custard. That's kind of local for you to be doing. Hey man, that. it's the best. Welcome yeah. to Sif Pop streaming live. Most weekends are available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. <laughs> <laughs> your Seth Rogen laugh. That's, my- <laughs> That's pretty good. I'm your host Aaron Dicer, and he's my lovely and loquacious co-host Andrew Ormsby. Loquacious, ahoy! And each week we will chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. How you doing, man? Hey. You got your safety goggles off? Yeah. <laughs> As a little teaser for the pre-show. That's right. Hey, if you are a Sif Pop member, first of all, thank you. You are the best. Uh, but also, yeah, the pre-show. Make sure you check it out because we talked safety goggles. And, uh, <laughs> the more, MCU. And the MCU. More endgame talk and kind of the future of the MCU. So, uh, And all that's in your own dedicated podcast feed. If you are a Sif Pop member, starts at three bucks a month. That is at patreon.com slash siftpop, uh, siftpop, so thank you for doing that. Yeah. Um, also going on right now, Sift the Thrones, we should talk about that, since yeah. we're kind of throwing promotional stuff out there. Halfway through, or over halfway through. Um, well, I mean, three episodes down, three to go, right? Yeah, but we also had the pre-show. Oh, the, uh, that's the... right. We had, yeah, the preview episode. Yeah. So four episodes of this podcast are available for you right now. Thank you so much uh, to those who are subscribing. It is in its own podcast feed. It's called Sift. The Thrones, and we go over each episode, we play some games, have some fun, uh, and break down each episode and kind of what we're thinking, do some predictions, all that kind of fun stuff uh, during the final season of Game of Thrones. And just, yeah, three episodes left. Wow. It's pretty insane, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you want to check that out, uh, just search for Sift the Thrones in your podcast player. I'm having a lot of fun with that podcast. Yeah, it's a blast. Uh, Andrew and I host, as well as Chris from CinemaSins, or the Sincast. You may listen to the Sincast. So the three of us get together every week. Rumor has it, maybe Danae will be joining us uh, in (gasps) a coming week. So that'll be fun. Host Emeritus, Danae. It's always good to have her around. Um, And uh, and yeah, so lots of fun stuff going on in the SifPop universe. SifPop.com's hopping as well. So thank you, man. You guys are making it work. 2019's kicking off. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, Yeah. So how's like Avenger... Like, are you recovering from endgame fatigue? Like, you know. Uh, I think about the movie every now and then, like, yeah. throughout the week. I'm like, 
okay, did that... Uh, it's more of questioning of what holds up after multiple viewings, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Um, don't get me wrong. I also still think about all the the fan service and all the amazing moments of that movie. Yeah. I think I'm actually going to come down that I like Infinity War better. I, I, I know I'm coming down with liking Infinity War better. Yeah. Um, I think it's a, a more complete film with a more complete thematic plan. Yeah. Um, and it holds together better but for I think me. as a visual spectacle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Endgame, Endgame takes is, it. Yeah, yeah. And like uh, Goosebumps. I got more Goosebumps during Endgame. There are plenty of Goosebumps during Infinity War, mm-hmm. but I definitely got more Goosebumps during Endgame. Was more emotionally moved during Endgame as well. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, well, a, it's a pretty a close battle. you know. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, well, that's interesting to hear. Well, we're going to have a good time. We've got, of course, our buried treasure. Uh, we do have a uh, Sift quest today uh, about in-game or other movies that make you think about would that work? You know, do you nitpick it? That kind of stuff. So we're going to have that conversation. Um, we're also going to do a best ever challenge on Seth Rogen movies. So that'll be a lot of fun. And, of course, we'll review uh, Charlize Theron and Seth Rogen's new movie, Long Shot, today. But before that, we'd like to kick it off with some Do We Care? Every single week, I scour the internet to find out what is going on in the entertainment world. I pick some topics for us to discuss, and we must decide whether we care about them or not. I fixed it. Nicely done. I fixed it. (laughs) You know, okay, I'm just going to say this right now. There has been moments of this week where I've just stopped and I've gone through the whole rigmarole, Uh just trying to retrain my brain (laughs) to doing it right. (laughs) Number one, the Sonic trailer dropped. Yeah, people hated about, it, and they're changing, and it. they're remodeling Sonic now. I definitely care about this. This is worth talking about. Yeah, I have a, I have a, a conspiracy theory. Okay, I think they were already changing it. No, I, uh, this is my conspiracy okay. theory. Just let me say my conspiracy Go theory, and then we can all poo poo it. I think they already knew what they had was junk, and they were already in the process of redesigning Sonic. They released the trailer with the old design so that people will, you know uproar or whatever and then they can be like all right we're really we'll listen to the people i think they already were planning on changing it i think they were already working behind the scenes on maybe that maybe not with like that direct of a much of a plan like to do it that way but i think i think at least they sent this trailer out as a tester to see if it was okay while they were trying to you know figure out some other options now you don't watch trailers but have you seen pictures of like what sonic looks like yeah i've seen pictures it's horrifying it is it is really scary (laughs) um which is another reason i think like how do you not know that like certainly they had a lot of people already telling them that yeah well, I've been saying for a long time, I think this movie is going to just be a bomb. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's the other thing I want to talk about. Just because you're remodeling Sonic doesn't mean you have a good movie on your hands. Right, right. And from the trailer, this just looks like a bad movie. Really? Yeah, it looks really bad. Uh, I, yeah. It's exciting to see Jim Carrey going full Jim Carrey again. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm like, man, this is just cringy. Because we've had this discussion before of how much I loathe the combination of animation with live action yeah, yeah, with yeah. a few exceptions yeah. like uh, Paddington and Who Framed Roger Rabbit and stuff okay. like that. Yeah. But for the most part, I really hate it. It messes you up. It messes me up. And uh, this looks like it's just going to be awful. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see. Something yep. about it isn't quite ringing true. Yep. Um, ringing true because of rings. There's rings. Uh-huh. Bing. Sorry. Um, we care deeply news. 
Peter Mayhew passed away. Yeah, Chewie moved oh, on. Oh, so sad. You know, I saw something um, that somebody had posted, which was like a behind the scenes on Star Wars, like the original with a conversation with him and Han Solo. Mm-hmm. And he would actually say lines that Han Solo would respond to and not the, you know, the Chewbacca noise. Yeah, not the noises. And it just, it had never clicked with me that the reason Han in Chewie's conversation always felt so natural is because they were actually having a conversation. Yeah. We just couldn't hear the the Wookiee, you know, understand the Wookiee version. Yeah. Um, I just, I thought that was really cool, but everything I've, I've read since he passed is that people just loved him and he's such a sweetheart. Oh yeah. Everybody says he was like the sweetest guy. Yeah. Uh, That's cool. Super sad. But I just want to say thank you to Peter for the lifetime of memories you have given us. Yeah, man. For sure. Finally. And he was involved in the new ones too, right? Yeah. That was still Peter Mayhew in the Chewie costume. So we'll see him and, uh, Carrie Fisher, Mm -hmm. you know, for the final time in star Wars. Yeah. Number three, Suicide Squad has two new villains that they're adding to the upcoming reboot by James Gunn. Okay. Polka Dot Man and Rat Catcher. Wow. Yeah. I, I don't even know. I don't even understand, Andrew. <laughs> You'll have to help me here. You're the comic guy. Polka Dot Man is a man who has polka dots all over okay, his Okay, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I, man, it would have taken me forever to figure that out. Exactly. Pretty much what he can do, like, it's a like a weird suit where he, if he takes a uh, polka dot off of his suit, each polka dot has like a, uh, uh, like a, a, a task that it can perform, you know, like right, a little yeah. gadget. It's like so his own utility jacket. It's like a utility belt, except all over his body. Right. And then Wait, catch- on his body or on his clothing? Well, his clothing. Like okay, it's okay. A suit. And no, no, no. I just curious because sure, I don't yeah, know. Totally good. And the rat catcher just think of him as like Pied Piper. He can control mm-hmm. rats. Yeah. But the more I'm uh, finding out, like all these weird characters are bringing to it, makes me think that they're going for a way more lighthearted version. Well, how does that make you feel, though? I'm all right with it. I don't know, man. I just, I don't, I'll have to wait and see. Because I've seen the other version of Suicide Squad. Well, yeah. And uh, not a fan. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Not a fan at all. But uh, James Gunn, uh, he's proven himself with Guardians. And if he can bring that kind of vibe to a Suicide Squad. Because if you think about it, Guardians is just a wacky culmination of weird characters. Mm -hmm. That's what the Suicide Squad is. Yeah. Except they're villains instead of heroes. Forced yep. to forced to do quote unquote good things by Waller. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm optimistic. I'm optimistic because well, I think there's going to be some like a. <laughs> it's not like they're adding the most ridiculous DC villains like a. Uh, what's his Condiment name? King. Condiment King. Yeah, <laughs> I only know that from the Batman Lego Batman. Yeah, real villain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, that's who would have thought you'd be optimistic. I got to tell you that probably the best decision they ever made was hiring James Gunn. Um, because immediately on the heels of him being fired from Marvel and people wanting to defend him and it immediately gave that movie something that fans were, could be optimistic about. Yeah. And it went from being, Oh, I don't want to see another one of these to, Oh, I wonder what James Gunn will do with it. You know? So that was, that was really smart. Yeah. No matter how the movie turns out, that was a really smart move. Yeah. Just keep your fingers crossed. Yeah. Like you say, you, you always hope for the best in a movie. Absolutely. That's going to wrap it up for Do We Care. All right, let's do it. Let's review Charlize Theron and uh, Seth Rogen in Longshot. Is the Secretary of State looking at us? I kind of know her. It's like kind of knowing a mermaid. Do you tell people that? She probably doesn't remember who I am. Secretary Field would like to speak with you. With me? 
I can't shake this feeling that we know each other. We do. We do? Picture me, I guess, maybe like 20 years younger, but like this. Florsky? Yeah! What are you doing these days? I'm a journalist. You're a great writer. But sometimes you're a little too much. I don't think I am too much. I actually think I'm the perfect right portion. Fred Flarsky is a gifted and free-spirited journalist who has a knack for getting into trouble. Charlotte Field is one of the most influential women in the world, smart, sophisticated, and accomplished politician. When Fred unexpectedly runs into Charlotte, he soon realizes that she was his former babysitter and childhood crush. When Charlotte decides to make a run for the presidency, she impulsively hires Fred as her speechwriter, much to the dismay of her trusted advisors. Uh, originally, this movie was called Flarsky. Did you know that? No. And then they uh, renamed it The Long Shot. I think that was a good decision. Yeah. I think that that carries more thematic weight and helps you understand the movie a little bit more uh, with what's going on. So overall, did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? I hated it. <gasps> did you? I hated oh, it. Oh, this is fun. I know. I'm the I liked only, it. I'm the only one that hates it. I liked so it. So far that I've looked online. Yeah, I'm oh, the only one. Oh, this is great. No, I like, I like it when we have a different experience than most people do because yeah. I think it offers a different perspective on kind of what's going on. I certainly had cons. I'm not surprised that there are things that you didn't like, but yeah. hated it, man. That's a, that's pretty strong. Here's the thing. There is a really high chance this could have been one of those things like if I would have seen this movie on any other day, maybe it was just, you know, the mindset I was in, you know, because I look back and I'm like, okay, that part was funny. That part mm -hmm. was funny. That part yeah. was funny. Yeah. But uh, not to get into cons right away, but like, I just didn't feel the chemistry between anybody. Oh, that's so funny. I thought that was like the best thing in the movie. Really? Um, there are, uh, I guess you would call them secondary characters that mm -hmm. I feel serve no purpose whatsoever. And Beyond uh, humor or even they weren't funny? Both. Okay. Yeah. And uh, just uh, unfinished story arcs that just made me like, why was that even a part of the movie if you're not oh, even going to bring it back? Well, what's interesting is I was thinking going into this review, well, we won't really have much to talk about in spoilers. And now I'm like, man, I just want to ask you specific questions. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe we will have a little bit to talk about in the Sif spoil. Um, okay. Well, that is a bummer. I always hate it when, you know, we don't enjoy a movie, but I am kind of glad to hear your perspective. Yeah. Um, I'll talk about the things I like. Okay. Uh, I think Charlize Theron makes everything better. I, I like, she has a way of taking, you know, and this is what I talk about with great actors, uh, being one of the key attributes of a great actor. You can take mediocre material and, and pull it up by its bootstraps. Uh, I found everything she did in this movie so genuine and believable amidst the typical, Seth Rogen yeah. crass world where everything is over the top gross and you know, um, that kind of stuff. Uh, and I just, there's something about her. The second part of that, you mentioned the chemistry. I think she makes the, the chemistry between her and Seth Rogen believable. Like I truly believed she was falling in love with this schlub. Uh, and that's, you know, I, I'm get, is it mean to say that's, that's a hard to do. <laughs> Like, is that a mean thing to say? I don't know. Well, I don't, I don't think Seth listens to this podcast, so I think you're in the clear. Well, even so, I don't want to be mean. I'm just saying. I, I mean, oh, it's I'm, so fun to be mean. I know. I, I'm sure. I'm sure Seth is a great guy, and but but kind <laughs> Look of at you. the point. The point of the movie is why would this woman date this guy, right? So you're the whole point of the story is meant to emphasize that yeah. that character. But we've already had the Jay Burr shell. She's out of my league movie. Right. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But I think I think Charlie's just made it really um, believable. And I think more than anything that uh, I mean, I'm going to go with a 70 to 75 percent success rate on the humor. 
Like, you know, I thought it was in re- and when it worked, it really worked, which is for me strange because usually the humor in these kind of movies, Seth Rogen movies no. don't necessarily work for me. Um, but but it did. I was laughing that that whole. Oh, I almost gave a specific scene. I, I won't I'll do that right now. I'll just say this. Uh, the very first scene with Seth, like the quote unquote mm-hmm. undercover scene. Yeah, I think is the funniest part of the whole movie. I think it's I, it is one of the funniest parts for me. There's another scene specifically that was funnier for me, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I think the humor works. So so yeah, nice. Uh, maybe this is another reason why I just wasn't a fan is because it just reminds me there's a political circus and going on in real life right now. Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I go to the movies just to escape all of that, mm. and I watched a movie m- talking about the political circus. Mm. So it was like. My escape was ruined. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's what I can possibly lean towards the just being in a mindset. Like if I saw this movie on any other day sort of thing. Um, you know, uh, that's you just gave me a pun for my review because um, I think uh, uh, when you say political circus, you could mean the far right wing news character played by. Andy, Andy Circus. Circus. Yeah. See, huh? See how that works? It wasn't until after the movie that I looked up and I'm like, oh, that was Andy Circus. He's, a, he's so unbelievable. Yeah. I, and I didn't necessarily even like that character. Like, it was a little um, over the top for me. Well, like, see, it was the, the design Everything, of it was so weird. Every and... single thing is a commentary on a real person, you mm-hmm. know? So, right. like, ah, so that's that person and that's that person. Why can't you just. See, that's what I just, I wanted to escape, and the movie yeah. didn't let me escape. No, it didn't. In fact, there's even a specific scene in the movie um, where they have a political conversation between friends that I thought was really funny, by the way, but also I, I thought was, I, I thought it was beautiful. I thought it was kind of meaningful, and it's just, I mean, it's just like a five-minute part of the movie or whatever, but it Ooh. was... It was kind of cool. I know what you're talking about. It's my least favorite scene in the Ooh, entire movie. Did it feel like ham-handed to you or forced or... Is it a scene between O'Shea and mm-hmm. Seth? Yeah. I hate it because it made me realize that this character that I've been watching for the entire movie mm-hmm. was really bigoted mm-hmm. and... Yeah. Um, That's what just, I liked about it, actually. I hated it because, like, you're supposed to make me root for this character mm-hmm. and now... I don't have anybody to root for. Well, but he had to realize that he had his stuff. You know what I mean? Like that's I, I anyways, I, I thought that was kind of nice because yeah. I think we all have to look introspectively and go, okay, when we're casting somebody as, you know, the enemy or evil, we yeah. have to be aware that we're the one drawing those divisive lines instead of reaching out to a fellow human being going and going, tell me what you believe and why you believe it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, it, it was, it kind of appealed to me in that way. Um, I don't, I don't think all the vulgarity works in this movie. Uh, it, it creates a weird tone disparity yeah. that doesn't have to be there. Um, so yeah. And I, and I get that's part of the brand mm-hmm. and maybe that's just not part of the brand that appeals to me, but, um, but yeah, it seemed, it seemed a little, um, like screech on the brakes, like, Whoa, what? Like, yeah, it's a little much <laughs> like, uh, Charlize's character is, you know, supposed to be this super sophisticated, better than everybody mm-hmm. else type person. But then as she hangs out with Seth Rogen, she starts making character choices. I'm like, okay, yeah, but if you want to be president, you have to be held to a higher standard. Mm-hmm. And you making a mockery of everything is really 
not making me want to like if i was in this universe vote for you you know so it just parts of the movie like seth rogan's making character choices like okay so i can't root for that character well but that's part of what he's trying to do and i'm not saying i'm on board completely but part of i think of what um seth has done in a lot of his movies or tried to do is say hey look we can be crass human beings and be you know focused on drugs and sex and foul language or whatever like that's and be a good person. Like, I think part of his thing is to bring vulgarity and drug culture into a more acceptable place. Am I wrong about that? I feel like it's more like, hey, that doesn't mean we're a bad person because, you know, I'm smoking dope it, all the time. I, or, I don't want to come off that, like, I'm this purist. Oh, no, or we're just having like a that. conversation. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, not, it's I'm not more about along it. the lines of, like, okay, I know you're supposed to be. Uh, Human. Humans mm-hmm. make mistakes. But then right. the movie shows ramifications for, you know, indulging mm-hmm. and then immediate consequences. But it yeah. plays off that immediate consequence as a joke as opposed to like, okay, this would have been a real big issue if, mm-hmm. you know, something. Right. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. And this is this is my main con with the movie. The main thing I don't like and the reason I'm only in liked it and maybe even low liked it. Yeah. Is because it's not the vulgarity that creates the tone disparity completely. It's the goofiness. There's there's a goofiness to a lot of this that just doesn't calculate to authenticity. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't feel like there are moments of this movie where I'm like, oh, I'm watching something that could happen in the real world. And then all of a sudden there's five to ten minutes of oh no, that's yeah, not real. Exactly. <laughs> that, that would never happen that way. You know what I mean? So the Pick a tone. Exactly. And again, it's not exactly the vulgarity specifically, it's the goofiness yeah. of that tone and when the vulgar vulgarity. can be realistic. Sure, sure. Goofiness is kind of hard to pull off. Well, you can do it. You can do a goofy movie. Not literally. There is a movie called <laughs> a, a goofy movie. No, you can have a movie that is that is definitely goofy. But it, but if you want to try to pull the emotion of the reality of this as a romantic comedy, right? This is a in a stated romantic comedy. Yeah. And if you want to pull off the the authenticity of that relationship, you're gonna have to be a little more authentic in the downtime in the in between scenes. Yeah. So, yeah, that was my main issue with the movie, I think. Nice. Overall. Uh, it's just weird, because I thought I was going to be in the majority here whenever I looked up online. I was like, oh, people like it. Interesting. And I was like, I wonder if Aaron's going to like it. <laughs> just barely. <laughs> yeah, just barely. Just a little bit. Um, I just, again, I laughed a lot. Um, and I and I thought Charlize was great. I she really think she's, I think she's so phenomenal. She, I. I I, I'm yeah I'm I'm a Charlize Stan at this point I I I ride for what she's doing because I I've just seen her in especially in the last several choices she's make you know at least since Fury Road just going man she is killing it yeah so yeah yeah so so that's why I think I enjoyed it a little more than you that's amazing. anything else you wanted to mention about it uh not really so you wouldn't recommend people see it well probably just because a lot of people seem to enjoy them like hey it wasn't for me. But, you know, give it a shot, possibly. If you like Seth Rogen movies, uh, I think this will be right up your alley. Like, I think he, you know, it's very similar in many ways to things like Pineapple Express or, you know, that kind of thing. I think it's as ridiculous as Pineapple Express. Well, no, because or... it wants to be a little more authentic. But, I mean, yeah. it's as far as, like... Um, when it is goofy or vulgar, that's the kind of tone yeah. that it goes for. Oh, I do have one more pro for this movie. Yeah, bring it on. Boys to Men cameo. <laughs> I made my night. I love that. 
Yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. so great. <laughs> Motown Philly, back again. Back again in in long shot. That's how it works. <laughs> um, I don't really have anything else to say, but I am excited now to to talk Civ Spoil with you and kind of see Getting you the know, specifics. Yeah, get some of the specific things that you hated because that'll be that'll be interesting for me. Maybe no, I did hate it. I was trying to come up, but I can't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. There's our thoughts on long shot. Uh, we have a liked it and a hate it. That's not always the case. So, oh, yeah. Uh, we'd love to hear what you think, of course. So let us know on Twitter or hit us up on an email or whatever. I just came from watching Endgame, and that's why. Well, and we didn't even talk about, you know, the weird timing of this movie to come out the weekend after the biggest movie of all time. Yeah. I mean, it's it had no chance to be anything buried, right? So Yeah. Well, no movie really would have stood a chance. No. Yeah. That's the other thing. Endgame is, I mean, it's got clear sailing, you know. For like a month and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As far as, I mean, there are other ones that will take a little bit of audience. You know, you've got the next couple of weeks. You've got yeah, Detective Pikachu, Pikachu Godzilla. and, uh, and um, John Wick. And John yeah. Wick, so those three. But, um, but yeah, no, I, no no huge event movies coming for a few weeks at least. Uh, let's move on to the best ever challenge. Let's talk Seth Rogen movies. Uh, it's not like there's a ton, but there's more than you might think. Yeah. Um, let's kick it off at number five. We'll go to number one. Maybe throw in some honorable mentions at the end. I'll let you go first. Uh, number five is where I have the interview. Um, this is an interesting movie to me because it exists in two planes. It exists in this plane of just stupid, ridiculous satire, mockumentary ish kind of thing of, um, you know, Kim Jong-un. Yeah. Um, and that's, kind of funny kind of interesting works at points doesn't work at points but then it also exists in this plane of like actually made world news <laughs> you know, where it's oh because like, <laughs> uh north korea was like right no. don't release this movie or we're gonna do something yeah. you know that kind of thing and i don't know there's something I, I almost kind of bump it up give it a little more respect just for being bold enough to you know poke holes in something that is you know very can be seen as a dangerous thing to poke holes into so yeah so um so anyways i wanted to put the interview there's enough scenes in it that i think are really funny that i would put the interview in in his top five nice what do you got a five 50 50 you seen this movie i have and i'm gonna trump you oh, okay um yes 50 50 is great uh i have stepbrothers at number four trump <laughs> all right uh <laughs> sorry uh super bad Go ahead. You can talk about Super Bad. Okay. I have it in the honorable mentions. Okay. Oh man, I love this movie. And and actually, him and uh, Bill Hader might be my favorite part of the movie. I'm yeah. not even joking. Yeah. That goofy cop duo right there is everything I wanted. Yeah. They they should have made a movie with those two and Mick Lovin going on a weird wacky adventure. Well, I would have been there. They still can. They still can. <laughs> except I think that. Uh, I forget the kid who plays McLovin. It's like in his thirties now. It'd be uh-huh. Weird, yeah. To have him play a high schooler, but man, that was just a fun movie. Yeah, and it's kind of as you know weird as we say. Unlike uh, Long Shot, as ridiculous as it is, it's kind of plausible. You know, just kids really just wanting to impress the girls in high school before everybody leaves for college. And right, it's just a great movie. I love it. It's a good choice. Well, we can talk about 50-50 now because I have it at number three. Okay. Um, and you had it at number five. Yep. Uh, this is uh, Jogo, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> jo- 
so good. <laughs> uh, so, and of course, Seth Rogen. And this is a like a cancer comedy. How many cancer comedies do we have? You know? Uh, how, 50 or 50. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they make it work. So, yeah. you know, that's that's pretty impressive. But there's some heartfelt stuff in here, some real funny stuff. What do you love about it? I actually just, uh, because, the like you said, the movie gets, you know, goofy and stuff, like whenever there's this scene where they're cutting off all of his hair and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But as the movie progresses, it gets more and more real and serious. And it mm-hmm. it's a movie that can tug on the heartstrings while at the same time just being a funny movie. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it, and the movie doesn't overdo it with uh, Rogan, you know. He's he's there, but it's more along the lines of like, yeah, it's it's more Joe Goes movie, as you would say. <laughs> I'm going to start using that now. Um, there are other cancer comedies, by the way. Um, Funny People. It's a cancer comedy. Uh, Fight Club. <laughs> Bob. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, it's not the only one. Yeah. Would you consider The Bucket List maybe a cancer comedy? I haven't seen The Bucket List. Oh, okay. <laughs> Me, Earl, and the Dying Girl, maybe? Ooh. I don't know if... Yeah, that's a, a cancer comedy. I love that movie so much. Yeah. I need to rewatch that movie. Yeah, it's really good. Thank you for smoking. <laughs> that might be my favorite cancer comedy right there. That is such an amazing movie. Well, there you go. We're, we're, we did it. We did a double best. We did a best ever challenge within a best ever challenge. We yeah, did we best did. ever cancer comedies within best ever Seth Rogen movies. Nice. Uh, what do you have at number three? Steve Jobs. Yeah, I'm gonna have to trump you on that one. Okay, fair enough. What you got? Uh, my number two is Twenty Two Jump Street. Yeah, uh, it's it's in my honorable mentions. He's got an uncredited or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, he's barely in it, but that movie is very funny. It's a very funny movie. I tried. I looked when I saw Twenty Two Jump Street. I'm like, oh, was he in Twenty One Jump Street? Because if Twenty One, right, that probably would have made my top five. Yeah, not even lying. Yeah, no, Twenty One Jump Street's better than Twenty Two Jump Street, but I like them both. I think they're really <sighs> funny. I like the ultra madness of Twenty Two Jump Street. Yeah, like uh the. What are they? They talk about budgets and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Like, okay, we're doing it again, so we might have a little bit more budget. And then there's that whole scene where they're on the the golf carts and they go through the museum. Oh, that was so expensive, you know. <laughs> I, I, it's a great movie. Yeah, no, that's good stuff. My number two, or what did you say? I, the Twenty Two Jump Street is my number two. Okay, uh, Step Brothers. There we go. We can talk about Step Brothers. Yep. I mean. Like again, he's only in the movie for like a minute and a half. Uh-huh. It's a funny minute and a half. Yeah, but I think that this cemented John C. Riley and Will Ferrell as like comedy duo legends on par with like Laurel and Hardy and Abbott and Costello. Mm-hmm. I'm not even joking. I think that those two guys have Laurel and Hardy, Abbott, Costello, Costello. Uh, Holmes and Watson. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> and then there was a movie that totally obliterated that. That's movie. right. Yeah. The ups and downs the ups of the comedy downs. duo, Will Ferrell and John C. Riley. Uh, not even joking. I think that uh, Step Brothers is one of the funniest movies of the past 20 years. Man, you know what? I'm going to be honest. I, it's been a while since I've seen it. I probably should put it in again. Yeah. Um, yeah, I should. I know it's hilarious, and I had it at number four. Yeah. I just I haven't seen it in so long. That's that's a comedy I should laugh at again. I think. Yeah. Uh, I have a feeling stuff. I know who your number one is. Yeah, it's Steve, it's Steve Jobs. Hey, can't blame you, man. Oh, I love that movie so much. Yeah, it's really good. I've only seen it the one time. 
Have you seen it more than I've once? Seen, yeah, I've seen it twice. Okay. Uh, Fastbender's so great in that role. Yeah. And man, and, and Seth and Steve Wozniak's great too. Yeah. I think it's his best performance. Po- probably. I yeah. think he's really good in it. Uh, whenever I think of Steve Jobs, the movie, uh, it's... The first thing I actually think of is just the train wreck that went into the production of that movie. Do you remember? No. Like how awful the production for that movie was? No, I don't was? remember that at all. I knew Sorkin wrote it, and that's so I was on board no matter yeah, what. Yeah. Uh, originally, it was supposed to be uh, David Shore directing mm-hmm. it, and then it was supposed to be Christian Bale playing Steve Jobs, mm-hmm. and then both of those guys dropped out. Like, and then Christian Bale came back, and then he dropped out again, and then they got uh, Fastbender, and then they got Rogan, and it was. It was a mess of a production for that well, movie. And actually, that's the... Danny Boyle pulled it all together. Yeah, he did. I love Danny Boyle's visualization of storytelling. Like, there's those scenes in Steve Jobs where it kind of has, like, the uh, the mural playing on, like, the white wall in the background, you know, and stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. he's just a beautiful storyteller. Yeah, he's got... Um, what's he got coming out this year? The Beatles one, right? Isn't he directing the think, uh, Yesterday? yesterday. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see kind of what what he does. For me, I I this may be my favorite movie of his. Um, I mean, I like Danny Boyle. Yeah, uh, hundred twenty seven hours. I, I do like hundred twenty seven hours, but and I like Sunshine. Maybe, um, uh, uh, but I think I think Steve Jobs. Twenty eight days favorite. later might be his best movie too. You think so? Yeah, either twenty eight days later or. Uh, 127 hours. Yeah. Yeah. My number one. Yeah. 40 year old virgin. You know what? I thought it might be Anchorman, but I wasn't sure. Um, but yeah. Wait, 40 he's year- in Anchorman? Isn't he in the fight scene? Isn't he? Is he in Anchorman or Anchorman 2? Mm, good question. Yeah. Anyways, talk about 40 year old virgin. I didn't mean to, no, to distract no, no. you. Because uh, Anchorman probably would have been in my top five. So if you don't mind looking that up. Yeah, sure. Um, I think uh, 40-Year-Old Virgin is an underrated movie because a lot of people just think it's a movie about sex comedy and stuff, you know, but it's more than that. I think, not even joking, it's one of Steve Carell's best performances. And I think the chemistry between him, Rogan, Paul Rudd, it just that whole crew of guys, you know, is mm-hmm. just perfect. It's so good. And I think there's a real uh, important message here about, you know, putting an emphasis on sex and stuff like that and how it can, you know, define, you know, if you just, if you go 40 years, <laughs> you know, and uh, what that can do to you psychologically and the pressures that society puts on right. both men and women to, you know, have sex by a certain time and stuff like right. that. I think that it's an important movie will at the same time be, at the same time being insanely funny. It is very, very funny. Yeah. Killing Orgson! Kelly Clarkson, <laughs> let's go get some French toast. Uh, Anchorman, Seth Rogen indeed has a bit part in Anchorman. So okay, well then, yeah, he probably Anchorman probably would have been in my uh, top five. He also has a bit part in Donnie Darko. What? Yeah, did you know that? No. Would that have made your uh, your top five? You know me. Yeah, I know you. You know me. You know me. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you kidding, Aaron? Uh, other honorable mentions, The Disaster Artist is at least worth mentioning. Um, I didn't like it as much as most people, but it you know, certainly got a lot of uh, awards buzz and different stuff. Um, we have to mention Kung Fu Kung Panda. Kung Fu Panda. Yeah. I, thought, I seriously thought I was going to be in your top five. I, I mean, it's a great movie. It yeah. really is. It's not. It just, I don't know. It's, it's not quite 
next level, but it's it's fun. I don't like the sequels as much. They're all basically the same movie, but yeah. um but yeah, Kung Fu Panda is worth mentioning. This is the end. This is the end is definitely worth mentioning. Yeah. Very meta, very funny. Yeah. Um yeah, this is more of a joke than anything. I'm surprised that Green Hornet wasn't your number one because I, I know you like <laughs> that movie more than most. I do. I yeah. do. Uh funny people. We mentioned that one. Yeah, Paul. Um I didn't like Paul. I think Paul was really funny. I, uh, I didn't Paul like Paul a lot. I didn't like it. Maybe uh, my expectations were in the wrong place. Maybe I need to see it again. I just, I did not enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, Neighbors I enjoyed, though. I think Zac Efron is great in that. Yeah. Uh, Pineapple Express. I think we talked about it, but not in the right. actual, like, best ever challenge. Yeah. Knocked up. Certainly worth mentioning, too. I think that's the movie. 40-year-old uh, version is like, if you hadn't watched Freaks and Geeks, you know? Yeah. Oh, now I know who he was in Anchorman. Yeah, he was the cameraman right. during the cat scene. Yes. You know? yes. Okay. So yeah, good job. Uh, then uh, well, but then, good job, internet. Yeah. I just I didn't know. Yeah. Forty uh, year old virgin is like really where he got like famous besides freaks and geeks and stuff, you know. Um, but then after that, that's when he did knocked up and uh, oh, he's in Shrek. Is he? Oh, Shrek the third. Never mind. <laughs> I was like, what? Uh, but yeah. Uh, also undeclared is great too. He was also in Monsters vs. Aliens, I think. He's he has he has a voice I'm surprised isn't in more animated stuff, you know, because it's so distinct, but Yeah. Do you think that that uh, works against him? Uh, his yeah, voice being so distinct I guess, that I guess it could work either way, but usually yeah. that's a selling point for like an animated character. Yeah. So yeah, that's it. I'm going through. I'm trying to see if I, I missed anything, but a lot of it's I wonder if we should start including TV in our best ever challenges. Ooh, no. no. No, I don't think we should. Okay. <laughs> That's just going to open up a whole can of worms you don't yeah. want to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little too much. Yeah, because then, yeah, I would definitely mention like freaks and geeks and stuff. Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, sausage Party, did we talk we about We didn't some? talk about it, but I, I didn't enjoy that movie at all, so. Yeah. I laughed. <laughs> I mean, I did too. I laughed at a yeah. couple parts, but overall, that was a... There, I had major issues with that movie that are not the major issues you would think I would have with that movie. Not that I, I giant have, food orgy. No, nah, I mean whatever you know. Or the bath salts. Yeah, <laughs> junior high brain's gonna do junior high brain stuff. But yeah. um, uh, no, I, I have major issues with the way it ended. Uh, I had because it completely destroys the world it built. Uh, in a way that makes no sense, which this is going to transition nicely into our Sift Quest today. <laughs> um, and do you know what I'm talking about? I think you're overthinking Sausage Party. Oh, of course I am. <laughs> That's what I'm doing here. Yeah. Um, but I'm telling you, that kind of stuff bugs me. It's just like, quit. don't set rules in your universe that you're then just going to throw away. Like, it's just... Yeah. Ugh. I just, yeah, I absolutely hated the end of it, and then also... I honestly can't even remember the ending of that movie. Oh, okay, well, yeah. if you ever watch it again. Probably not. Pro <laughs> I'm not going to lie, I'm probably never going to see that movie again. But, like you said, that is going to transition very well into the Sift Quest. Yeah, before we get there, though, uh, uh, just a quick reminder that if you want to be a member of Sift Pop, you can do that at Patreon. We already talked about it, chatted about it a little bit, um, because the uh, pre-show for today, which, by the way, all... Um, Patreon members, all Pop members get automatically in their own podcast feed. We were talking a little more about Endgame, about yeah. uh, some of the MCU stuff, MCU plans, uh, further Endgame thoughts. Uh, so if you want to hear that, starts at three bucks a month. 
and uh, we really appreciate uh, you supporting at patreon.com slash sifpop it is what keeps sifpop popping so thank you for doing that it's much appreciated all right now we get on to the sif quest and yeah it does transition nicely because we're talking about kind of nitpicks and how they affect our view of strange universes this comes from uh, lachlan from australia from down under Listening to your review and a few other reviews for Endgame, people's opinions on how much the nonsensical time travel affects their enjoyment of the movie seem varied. Uh, I'm of the opinion that in a movie with gods and superheroes, time travel that doesn't quite add up shouldn't destroy your enjoyment of a movie that much. In a movie like Primer, time travel that doesn't make sense would be much more egregious. So my question is, when movies are mostly works of fiction, how do you gauge how much things like inaccurate time travel affects your enjoyment? I guess I'm asking, how do you gauge levels of realism in a fictional universe where theoretically anything can happen? And how does that affect your enjoyment? Uh, Andrew, why don't you kick us off? How do you determine what matters and what doesn't? If the movie sets up a rule... It has to follow that rule from That's beginning it, to right? end. Yes. Yeah. That's, That's it. the thing. Don't explain something to me and then go back on what you explained. Yeah. That's it. I like, Which I, is why I, I don't understand that primer reference because they don't explain anything in that <laughs> movie. But uh, I, I understand what he's saying. But for me, yeah. it all boils down to if you tell me that, the, okay, I'm just going to throw out Who Framed Roger Rabbit because we talked about it earlier. Uh-huh. Yeah. If you tell me at the beginning of that movie that animated characters and live human characters can inhabit the same world mm-hmm. then you have to follow that throughout the entire movie right if three-fourths of the way through that movie if they decided oh yeah there's this portal that they have to go in now because it turns out that they can't live in this world anymore because they're all dying I mean, right it, it just well, why, that defies everything of this world that you've said has existed forever right End end game. I know we're not getting into spoilers, but if you give me rules on time travel, mm-hmm. follow those rules of time travel right. to the best of your ability because time travel apparently is impossible or whatever, you know, like that. Mm-hmm. But do the best you can. I, I Yeah, I, I totally agree. Uh, it's inter- been interesting to hear um, the producers of Endgame talk about uh, those elements yeah. And the writers of the script talk about those elements and the directors talk about those elements in three different ways because they don't get it. They don't get it. And I think that's part of the problem is that maybe there were too many, too many cooks in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And so the, the writers had one idea of how it would work and they tried to make it make sense. And then the directors were like, well, we need this moment. And so we're going to shift some things here. And this is how we think it's supposed to work. Yeah. Like, I, I just think that maybe too many hands involved. And so you have different ideas of what you want to work. Look, I love Back to the Future, right? Back to the Future, if you really want to start thinking about the paradoxes in it, you could you could really mess with your mind. But I don't. You know why I don't? Because the movie itself never lays down any rule other than if you mess something up with your parents getting together, yeah. you're going to disappear yeah. from this universe. They follow that rule yeah. all the way through. You know what I mean? Like they, they set up a rule and they follow it. That's all I need. I don't mm-hmm. need like the pair. I can let the paradoxes go. That's fine. I'll think about them and and that kind of thing. Um, but there there are two. There are two elements specifically with this. Number one, follow your own rules. And the second element of anything that, that tries to do something like this is understand the rules that you do set up, even if you do follow them how they impact 
the meaning and depth of your story. Because if you use time travel as a get out of jail free card, then you have to understand how that impacts any consequences and decisions of everything else that comes. That's different than holding together, right? Yeah. That's a whole different topic, but it is a, it is impacted that way. So I would say when a movie doesn't follow its own rules or when a movie uh, undermines its own themes, message, or emotion by the way it uses you know these things, um, those are the two areas where it bothers me. Yeah. I was curious if since you started writing for CinemaSins and you mm. know you're searching for like things to nitpick if that has altered your you know the way you view you know i've said no um i think the the honest answer is i am certainly uh i'm training myself to be more alert and aware of those things so it has an impact on my ability to nitpick does that make sense yeah but there's a difference between the ability to nitpick something and then uh the consequences of that understanding, right? Yeah. I, st- I don't feel like it's affected my enjoyment of movies at all. I still love movies, even if I nitpick a little thing or my brain sees something or whatever. Yeah. I can still have a great time because it doesn't matter, right? Um, but yeah, I think it has actually increased my ability to think through um, character motivations, plot movements, thematic inconsistencies, you know, all these things that storytellers do because they need to make a point in the story. Those little, those little quote unquote sins that yeah. they they do to make a great movie. Um, that's another pe- thing people don't realize. And I've I've actually heard some shade thrown at CinemaSins through all of this. You know, well, it's a CinemaSins culture, and you know, people should just learn to enjoy movies. The problem is that's not that's not how that's not how we work. We're not saying movies are bad because they have sins. In fact, sometimes we're saying the opposite. Sometimes we're saying. Yeah, this is a sin, but it's kind of what makes the movie awesome. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you have to do that stuff sometimes. Um, it's just, you know, trying to to understand when it is inappropriately used, when it is lazy, you know, those kind of things. So um so yeah, it's 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 been interesting to start, you know, do do that. I've been man, I'm going on two years. Yeah. That I've been doing that. So yeah, I certainly I think I'm I'm more apt to see those kind of things. But. So has there ever been a moment of nitpicking a movie either for CinemaSins or just, you know, in a review mm-hmm. where it has altered your enjoyment of a movie? Yeah, yeah. For the reasons you mention, um, I think you can be intellectual about it and just enjoy the things you enjoy and not like the things you don't like. Um but uh, I think the most recent example other than Endgame is Us. Um, I think there are, again, stated rules that the movie talks about that don't make any sense yeah. when you really follow them through. And yeah, that affects my <clears throat> it affects my ability to go uh, out of my mind for a movie. Like Us has so many things that I love, but I can't quite go next level euphoric about it because it also has these things that really bother me. Yeah. Um, and... And I think that's okay. I think that's necessary because here's here's the other thing I always say is what it means is there's a better movie that could have been made. There's a better version of Endgame in us that could have been made that that really did the hard work it would take to do to make sure that if there are inconsistencies, that they're not blatant and that they're not something that is inherent to the rules of your own universe. And that's not easy, but you... If you can do both, if you can have both a consistent world and an amazing story, that's a better movie, right? Yeah. So that's, uh, yeah. yeah, that's why I 
that's why I think it's important, why it matters. That's having your cake and eating it too. Mm-hmm. Which never made sense. Why would you have a cake and not eat it? <laughs> I told somebody the other day that Endgame wants to have its cake and also have Captain America on a bench too. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> gotta get that good scene in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Any other thoughts on uh, how nitpicking <sighs> affects your enjoyment of movies? Uh, I can just give an example. Um, yeah, please do. Uh, don't get me wrong. It, I still love this movie. It's like in my top movies of all time. Well, you've you've talked about how nitpicks after the fact will ruin a movie for you sometimes. Yeah. Um, it's uh, just shedding light on something, really. Mm-hmm. Um, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Have mm-hmm. I ever told you this story? Mm-hmm. Okay, about how if Indiana Jones isn't in the movie, nothing changes. You right, know? yeah, yeah. And... Uh, once that's not really a nitpick i guess it actually could be mm-hmm. um it uh affected like because now every single time i watch that movie i'm like yeah if he wasn't in this movie nothing, nothing changes nothing changes they all the nazis would still die mm-hmm. um but at the same time i still find those scenes in my mind you know like throw me the whip throw me the idol you know well because that movie isn't because movies aren't necessarily about the change of what happens in the world they're they're about the change of what happens in a character right yeah so you know we're we're tracking our protagonists not necessarily the rise and fall of the nazis so to speak yeah but once a i know i'm trying it feels like i'm trying to rag on raiders lost no no no, you're good Uh, i'm just saying there's different what what is the character arc for indiana jones in that movie though he's always believed in this stuff Mm -hmm. and he's always hated nazis (laughs) so it's not like his character has gone through any moral dilemma or anything like that it's more about from beginning of the end to just protecting what he believes is Mm. trying to be stolen by i think that's arguable but maybe you're right I think you could argue that his character learns about his own abilities and shortcomings and those kind of things. Yeah. But Last Crusade's better. I I totally agree with that yeah. assessment by the way. I think Last Crusade's the best Indiana Jones movie. Yeah. So, until the next one, the next one's going to be amazing. I have no idea why I said that. I have no no clue why it would be cuz Indiana Jones trilogy is one of the best. That's right. There's only 3. There are only 3. They're making well, a fourth one soon. Are they? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's exciting. <laughs> I hope they do a good job. I mean, they've made three really good movies, so why would they make a bad one? That's right. Yeah. Right. How would that ever happen? I can't imagine. Uh, well, there you go. Thank you, uh, Lachlan. We appreciate the Sift Quest. If you want to send us on a Sift Quest, uh, email us feedback at siftpop.com or hit us up on Twitter. I'm at Aaron Dicer or at siftpop will work as well. Uh, my DMs are always open, so you can hit me up there. All right, man, we're uh, we're down to the buried treasure. What do yeah. you got? What's that one thing in any area of pop culture you want to make sure people know about? So I want to champion a game. Cool. Um, it's a little game not a lot of people know about. It's called World of Warcraft. Uh-huh. Never yeah. heard of it. Yeah. I started playing I think it. there was a movie once, but... Uh... Yeah, there was. It was a, <laughs> well, that was a good movie, too. It was, it was a movie. It was a movie, yeah. <laughs> I liked it for the nostalgia reasons oh sure but that's actually that's why i got back in really because um you know doing D and stuff like that it kind of you know just reinvigorates you to try things like from when you were a kid and i've been playing or i, I should say have been playing because i took like years and years off but i played world of warcraft from vanilla all the way through i think cataclysm and then i, I took a break after cataclysm these are all expansions you know i think these are all words that i <laughs> yeah that i hear yeah um 
but uh, after that, I took a break and then I got back in. And uh, just the other day, I uh, I re uh, got my I got my account back and I started playing. I'm like, oh yeah, this is the game is way different. Like it, it's really different. Yeah, yeah. I, it's more. This is gonna sound like a con, but I can understand the appeal. It's way more dumbed down than it oh. was because it's that does sound like a con. It's more user friendly as opposed to like the old days of Vanilla or like Wrath of, Wrath of Lich King, those different expansions mm-hmm. where the game really uh, rewarded uh, intelligence and uh, you mm-hmm. know quick time thinking and stuff like that, and like. Putting stats in a character, like, that was so important. Like, if you got, like, you're a stat tree wrong, your character would not be as powerful as, like, somebody somebody else who, like, got, you know, put the right amount of energy into certain things and stuff like that. And now it's, that whole thing's gone. Mm. Everybody just has the exact same thing. So... That's interesting. But at the same time, you know, it's just that world and the stories within it. That so I you're just, enjoying it? Yeah, it's a, it's a good little... uh uh, escape. I should can you say. can you just like play it for you know a few minutes or is it something you have to dive into for a couple hours? Uh, lately I've been playing for like one hour and then I quit for the day. And that works. It's yeah. enough to get your I'm, hit. I'm not in like an, a guild or anything like that. If I was in a guild, you have more like a responsibilities to like do certain things or to do raids and dungeons mm. with people you gotta log on a certain time you gotta play from that certain time for like the next four hours so to... you're not really experiencing a world of warcraft you're experiencing more of like a cul-de-sac of warcraft or something <laughs> like that i can still travel <laughs> over all azeroth and all the uh, uh associated realms and everything yeah. but no i'm not like in a guild or anything like that i've done that I've experienced that. I've beaten those. I've beaten those high-end raids and everything. And while that was fun, it's definitely a different style for that game. Like there's the uh, the casuals, and then there's the hardcores. Uh, and I, whenever I thought about it, I was like, you know, I think I had more fun as the casual uh, World of Warcraft player. Hmm. You know, just walking around. Hey, there's a there's a there's a boar. I'm gonna go poke that boar, and then I poke the boar, and I get experience, and it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I don't know if I've ever said this, but um, as much as I didn't enjoy the movie, yeah, uh, it is actually, I'm very surprised that that didn't work as an expanded universe. Like that the idea of doing a movie about this race of creatures and then doing a movie about this race of creatures and then this race and then down the line, you yeah. know, the battle, like it just seems like that is, that is such an in-depth world that it makes a lot of sense for that piece of intellectual property to be spun into good storytelling. And that's the reason probably I don't know that the story was great in the first. Um, in fact, for me, I can say definitively the story was not very good <laughs> in that first one. And since yeah. I didn't have the nostalgia part of it, I just wasn't connected to it at all. Yeah. But I think if they had, if they had had any kind of compelling storyline in that first one, um, that people could have connected to. I think. I think a World of Warcraft universe could work. Yeah. So I'm right there man. with you. It, it's we are consistently learning what a miracle it is what Marvel has done. Like you know what I mean? Like how oh, so how many hard failed attempts and yeah. stuff. Yeah. The Dark Universe, the World of Warcraft. <laughs> I mean, even DC with all the money in the world to try to do it. Yeah. Um. You know, just completely failing at it uh, in a lot of ways. Star so. Wars and Marvel. Star Wars, sure. Star yeah. Wars and Marvel. Yeah, that's about it. You know what would have been a really cool, like, expanded universe? 
the Matrix. If they would have yes. created the Matrix into an expanded universe. They still can. They still they can. They still probably will try. I thought I heard a rumor once that Michael B. Jordan was going to play young Morpheus. Mm-hmm. There was, I mean, there were, uh, there was, uh, I mean, it was more than a rumor. It was an announcement. Oh, really? Yeah, like a year ago, two uh, years ago, maybe? Yeah. I'm, I'm tr- but, really pandering here, and I'm taking up time for your buried treasure. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, 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 it's great. I, I, w- I would love some time to talk about possible expanded universes, and because we've seen the joy of one done well, right? Yeah. But we've only seen that joy once, right? Even the Star Wars stuff is, is more a linear story, right, than expanded universe. The expanded universe stuff in Star Wars hasn't actually done that well besides it? Rogue One I mean sure but it's well, but even that even With that's Star not Wars really expanded it's a, universe it's yeah there's only like one or two expanded universe movies the right. rest of it's the Skywalker saga right yeah yeah so that's uh, what's fascinating if you were to do a Star Wars actual expanded universe you'd have to start with new characters that get their own movies and then see how those interact down the road you know what I mean like it's, yeah it's fascinating, but uh, they're not doing it because they're they're pulling back on Star Wars after mm-hmm. this one. So yeah, yeah. Um, all right, what's my, your buried treasure? I'm going to do a game as well. Ooh, completely different than <laughs> World of Warcraft. Uh, this is a mobile game called Florence. Have you heard of this? Uh, I know the, of the city of Florence. <laughs> this is the female name Florence, and basically, it's almost wrong to call this a game. It's an experience more than a game. There are elements of interactivity, things that you do with this character, Florence. Um, but Is there also a machine? <laughs> no, oh. no. Florence does not have her machine in this one. Oh, that's a shame. Um, no. So it's, it's hard to explain without giving away some of what makes it so beautiful, which I don't necessarily want to do. Uh, the game itself is, I think, $1.99, so it, it does cost money. Um, and it is I'm no stranger to paying for mobile, <laughs> for mobile games. Yeah. But this one is one I can see people being, if they don't know going into it, that it's a different kind of ex- interactive experience. I can see people being frustrated that they paid two bucks for something because it's, uh, it's short. It has a short playthrough. Um, but it is, it is some of the most interesting and nuanced and deepest emotion I've ever felt playing a game. Mm. Um, it simulates through your interactivity, uh, real life emotional experiences um, in this character's world and in her life. And in many ways you become this character. Um, so it's again, I don't want to give anything away other than to say, if you like a unique experience, Florence might be, an interesting game for you to spend a couple bucks on and then play, mm. you know, you'll be, you'll be done with it in a day or two. Like it's not, it's not going to last you. It's, it's that money is no replay value. Um, even though I guess it's technically not a game. I, I I'm going to say no. Okay. My experience, but I imagine there are some who would say yes. Okay. I imagine there are some who would find value in experiencing it again. Um, I'm not one of those people, but I definitely valued the first experience in an interesting way. So you found it at least worth two bucks. I did. Yeah, okay. I'm glad I spent two bucks on it. Okay. Um, if for no other reason I'm like this sometimes, to support creative sure. ways of you know interacting, uh, I, I, I like the idea that I gave two bucks to this company that did something different 
you know um so yeah but it's called florence i would i would check it out you'll you'll kind of learn everything you need to know about if you're going to vibe with it from you know the um the uh trailer i was i don't know if there is a trailer but i was going to say just the artwork and the you know okay you'll you'll get the vibe for it pretty quick but um but yeah florence if you want to check that out sweet yeah well there you go Nice. We did it. I think we just, uh, we campaigned for a podcast, and I think we got <laughs> the votes. Were we elected? We got the votes. We got elected. Yes. Woo. We are now reigning. Yes. That's that's how elections work, right? Yeah. You, you reign. reign. You reign afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Thanks so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find about, uh, more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media. Or you can search Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out again. Thanks, buddy. Always great to have you here. You can check him out at Flick Freaks. I'm at Aaron Dicer on all the socials. Uh, much love and gratitude to our members for giving monthly to make Sif Pop a real thing. That happens at patreon.com slash Sif Pop. Starts at three bucks a month and you get access to every bonus episode as well as some other fun perks, including a monthly video hangout. Uh, also, your support is directly helping Sif Pop become different this year and bigger at the website at sifpop.com. Uh, thank you so much for helping us expand to some fun new areas. Find out more at patreon.com slash sifpop. Lots of ways to connect with us. You can comment, rate, leave a review at iTunes, or email us, feedback at sifpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like it too, so let them know about it and that listening is much easier than knowing how to dress for a Swedish dinner. Uh, Spoiler chat should be next up in your podcast feed, and uh, next week we will come back with some Detective Pikachu. Pika, Pika, Pika. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.